and welcome to the Free Like Me podcast by FLM. This podcast aims to help people like you navigate the world of financial planning. We'll be delving into things that we and our clients care about, talking about hot topics, and inviting you to get to know our team a little bit better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Free Like Me podcast, where we are discussing habits and behaviors. And today we are carrying on from one of the podcasts you might have heard recently around the R word, retirement. And we're specifically looking at habits and behaviors when it comes to planning for retirement. So really pleased today to be joined by two wonderful guests. Um, First time on the podcast, uh, Lydia Coke. Lydia is uh, originally from Liverpool, came down to London uh, a number of years ago, recently been locking down in Liverpool and uh, getting to know her Liverpool roots again. Uh, Lydia, how are you? And, and thanks for joining. Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I said we've been in Liverpool now for about 12 months. So sorry if the accent's got a bit thicker for the podcast. <laughs> but I'll try and tone it down for you, you Southerners. <laughs> It definitely has. And how's the golf going? You've, you've recently started playing, I understand. Yeah, I was probably shame to say that even in 12 months, it's not got, it's probably not got that much better. It's still a really high handicap, but I'm loving every minute of it, even though it's super frustrating. Absolutely. <laughs> how, how are you getting on? Are you still playing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, ne- it never gets any easier, does it? So uh, I can definitely vouch for it always being frustrating, even though I've, I've played for a long time. So you're definitely not alone there. Um, our second guest, um, Salam Al-Rawi. Salam uh, has been with FLM for uh, about five years now, I believe, maybe just over. Um, Salam uh, originally was working in Australia and came to be a financial planner in London. And he is joining us for the first time on the pod today. Salam, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Ben. Good, very good. Glad, glad to be here and enjoying a bit more freedom, are we? Yeah, absolutely. It's very nice to be uh, out in the sunshine and enjoying life a little bit more, not locked inside the house for so long. Yeah, well, I, I don't know where you are because there's not been much sunshine where I've been. But uh, anyway. <laughs> and I was just looking out at the window there. It's today. It looks like it's it. raining here, completely thunderstorm. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we've all been doing a bit of uh, eating out and sitting in massive coats and beanies in May, which is, is pretty mental. Um, so, so diving straight in, um, habits and behaviours in retirement, why are we talking about this today and why is it important? Coming to you first, Lydia. Yeah, so I think it's a really good one. And I think habits and behaviours in retirement, and I don't know if anyone actually seen the last podcast or listened to it, um, but I absolutely loved it because it just talked on a little bit about why retirement's probably a bit taboo to talk about as a topic. Um, one of our advisors, Peter, talked about just a little bit about how retirement, um, you know, when you're going into the latter stages of life, why, you know, you almost bury your head in the stand with it. And I think that's actually why, you know, it's really important to talk about the habits and behaviours around really planning for it, because ultimately, you know, it's arguably one of the most important financial goals you'll ever plan for. And with life expectancies increasing, you know, the, the state benefits probably decreasing as you get to retirement you know, you might actually end up being in retirement longer than you ever actually worked. So why do people tend to kick it down the road? And I think personally, and, you know, correct me if you if I'm wrong, but I think it's because of this internal monologue that people have that say, um, you know, 
I'll, I'll start saving for retirement next year or I'm only in my 30s, it's 30 years away. So it's not really relevant for me to, right now. So it's all these internal monologues and this behavioral element um, that makes it really difficult for anyone to plan. And it's why people tend to really underfund for retirement. So I think for me today, I just want to talk about some of the habits, some of the behavioral sides of it to actually kind of say, if anyone comes away from the podcast, you know, some of the things to say, actually, am I doing any of these bad habits and to try and kick them um, while it's not too late? Yeah, and I think um, from my side, I would say that people rarely have a grip on, on what they're really spending and what their spending is going to be like in retirement. So they tend not to think too much about it because it, like, like Lydia said, it is a, a shift in your world, the, the largest shift possibly that will happen in terms of working and not working. Um, and I see it with my mum at the moment. So she's just semi-retiring now and it, it almost creeps up on you. So you don't envisage it happening. And now that it's happening for you, I can see that she's going through that same um, struggle or, or, or thought process of where's money going to come from. And, and she's fine. She's she's one of the lucky people who's been in a final salary scheme. She was a teacher for a long time. And, but it's the same thing of that income tap being switched off and the, the, um, the mental effect that that has on you, that you're not actually doing work to get paid. So, and, and then all, all sorts of things come out of the woodwork in terms of what you're going to do with your time when it gets to it. So um, I think that, yeah, people rarely have a grip on what their spending will be like, which causes them to kind of push, kick the can down the road a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that the last podcast touched on um, the fact that we need to do more ourselves uh, to plan for our retirement these days. There's less support from the state. Salam, you mentioned your mum with a final salary pension. Certainly not many of those around these days. Um, and, and Lydia, it was it's really interesting because I think we almost need to split this into two sections, this podcast, and start with, with pre-retirement, as it were. So, so people that are, you know, saving for that date in the future, um, and in the lead up to retirement. So what would what would some good habits be when it comes to the lead up to retirement? Yeah, I think so. So good habits are definitely, you know, the earlier they can start, the better. And I think with retirement, you know, we're not looking at, you know, 30 year olds and 40 year olds who are in the most expensive part of their life where maybe they've just, you know, moved homes and, you know, they've got an even bigger mortgage or they've got kids in school. And we're not saying, you know, plow all of your surplus cash into this longer term plan. But even if you can do just a little bit um, earlier on, you know, you're going to be in such a better position than say, you know, we meet clients who, you know, we meet at say 55 sometimes and they almost say to us, you know, want to retire at 60 or even they go as a joke, I'd love to retire tomorrow. And, you know, we almost can't magic money up. So, you know, if you can, if you can say 10, 15 years before, um, okay, all joking aside, I do actually want to retire at 55. So really just trying to put that plan in place and doing a little bit, um, you know, 15 years before is a lot better than, you know, doing a lot five years before. Yeah. So and that's probably one of the good habits. Yeah, just going into the granular of that. So, so when you say start early, what what does that mean? So you're in. Let's say you've just started a job. What what does it mean in terms of starting early? Yeah. So so with jobs these days, the amazing thing is, um, with 
um, being a PYE individual, uh, you have to be signed up, you know, from the government. They actually have a legislation that makes you sign up to an auto-enrolment scheme pension. So probably commonly everyone um, has the option to sign into a pension with work. So it might be that, you know, you contribute 4% of your salary and they might match it. So, you know, as a as a bare minimum, if you're you know just starting your first role or even if you're 10 years into a role, we always recommend definitely jumping on that scheme because it's such a great benefit to have. And, you know, that's the company and the, the, the government really saying, you know, you do need to start thinking about this as early as as soon as you start working. Yeah. And, and, and leading on from that, Salam, I mean, you know, I'm sure you meet people all the time that maybe have, have enrolled in a workplace scheme and haven't really thought too much about it. So so what are the things that you should be thinking about if you've been put in that scheme as, as say, someone in their 30s? Let's start with that. Yeah, so I, I think 30s, 30s is a really good one because often you meet people in their, their 40s and 50s and I ask the question of, do you know if you're maximising your pension contributions? And the answer is quite often no, or I don't know. Um, so I think in your 30s, what you can really do is start to get um, very familiar with the benefits that are offered. Because if you know that you can potentially get some, some more money saved on your behalf by your employer, if you give up a very small portion of your earnings, then that's, that's great. And you need to take, uh, make use of that as soon as possible. Um, I, the way I think of it is, if, if you've got this goal in mind of retirement at some point, you want to achieve it in the, the most frictionless way possible. So if that means that every pound you pay into an employer scheme is doubled, then that's really frictionless. Um, if you've got money that's surplus income on a monthly basis and it's sitting in cash in your, your current account, then that could easily have been um, more efficient being in your workplace pension. And I think uh, going back to the, the question about um, good behaviours, I think one of the, the best behaviours you can instill in yourself is to start talking about saving and retirement early and as early as possible. Speak to people who are older than you about it and speak to them about their experiences. And then you'll often find that they say, I wish I started doing something earlier. And if you're in that position where you are the, the person who is at that earlier stage, you should absolutely listen to them and start thinking about this, talking about it and acting on it. So, yeah, no, one of the other things, you know, leading on from what Slam said is, you know, as well as talking about it, get familiar with, you know, actually a bit of budgeting and expenditure analysis. So we obviously we say to clients to try and do an expenditure analysis spreadsheet, see what's coming in and what's going out. And it can be a bit painful to do at outset, but it's definitely something at the earlier that you do it, the better. And when you've got this figure coming out at the end that this is your disposable income after you've factored in, you know, things like holidays, your mortgage, your rent, things like that going out, you've got this disposable income. You can really start to think then actually, what are my, you know, short, medium and long term goals? And if, you know, your long term goal is retiring early, you should be putting at least, you know, a third of that away each month to that goal. And then some to more instantly, you know, accessible savings pots just in case you want to move house or upsize or, you know, again, I keep saying the children because they're normally one of the most expensive things that people tend to pay for uh, throughout the lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's definitely a sense where people maybe have a plan um, 
or they don't even know where to start with planning for retirement. And I think a lot of that comes from the statements you maybe get with a pension scheme. It, it tells you what you might have in retirement at, at age 60 or 65, which is obviously a very uh, arbitrary age. And often those figures are quite depressing. So I think sitting down with someone to review what you need to be putting away to to meet that goal of maybe having the option to stop working at 55 or 60 or whenever it is, is, is a really important um, part of this. And obviously one of the habits um, is making sure you review these things regularly. So Salam, I wonder if you could touch on, um, you know, as an advisor, what some of the habits would be that you'd, you'd instill with someone that you're, you're working with? Yeah, so um, I would say that, for one, uh, back to what Lid said, knowing what you're spending is, is one of the best habits and one of the best things to get into is budgeting. You need to know what's discretionary, um, what's essential um, and what's excess there. And if you're in that habit, then once you've established a base cost of your, your outgoings, every time something changes, you know whether it's surplus or whether it's affecting you negatively and perhaps you can save less in, in, any, in any given month. So that's a really good habit to get into because then it makes you think every time you potentially get a bonus or, or a pay rise, uh, do you need that? Or are you going to spend that on something that's not essential? Um, the next thing I would say uh, that, that's a really good good habit for um, clients to get into is making sure that they're saving for their retirement. So. We, we talk about pensions a lot and pensions are absolutely great. But the, the one thing that we've got to be mindful of with pensions is that currently they're, they're subject to legislation and you can only access them at a certain age. So if you're a client or, or of mine who wants to retire earlier than the, the age at which you can access pensions, you have to have assets from which you can draw upon. So you have to plan for your retirement. Um, and I think that that's really important to bear in mind. So just following on to what Salam said and what you said, Ben, um, definitely another way that we tend to help clients is, you know, reviewing their assets that they've got and ensuring that they're, you know, in the correct assets to maximise their pots between now and actually when they do want to retire. And I know we're probably going to touch on bad habits, but one of the bad habits that we can, we do find with clients is that when they've had various different roles and different jobs, um, they can end up having different pensions scattered everywhere and, you know, they, they end up being paid up or they fall into this dormant category. Um, and it's quite scary, actually, when I think there was the statistics out this year in January that estimated about £19 billion um, pounds worth of pensions in the UK actually go into this paid up dormant category, which then gets passed back to the government because people are, are losing their pensions or their, you know, and they've lost them through their 30 years of working. So, yeah, so one of the, you know, the definite things about um, about having a habit is just making sure you know exactly where your pensions are and how they're invested. We've had looked at a client before in the past and, you know, he's actually ended up finding this pension after 30 years. They've luckily reached out to him, which some providers, you know, don't do and try and find where the next address is if they've moved home. Um, and his pension for the last 30 years had actually been in cash as opposed to, you know, other assets that have yielded a better return over that 30 year period. So you look at some something like that in that situation and you go, God, 
you know, you really need to just make sure you know where your pensions are and, you know, just making sure, you know, exactly what they're invested in, definitely. Um, yeah, and, and that habit can be quite simple, can't it? It can simply be a meeting in the diary each year where you sit down to review all of your pensions. And I think if you do that on a regular basis, you, you won't end up in one of those situations where you, you lose one for 30 years. And obviously, if you're not equipped to do that, then having an advisor alongside you to help you with those conversations is is really important because you might need to to change how they're invested as you get older and, and it might need to change based on your own personal situation. So I think a simple habit is at least an annual review of where all your pensions are, what are they doing and how is it sitting against your plan. Um, and we talk about the plan. Um, so obviously it's very difficult to just simply look at your pensions and understand what they might give you when you get to retirement. So Salam, I wonder whether you could touch on um, how we might use some sort of software to help a client visually look at this. Yes, so we've got um, a couple of uh, pieces of software available to us. There's, there's two really that I tend to use. Um, one is more specific to cash flow planning, uh, and one is more specific if you've if you've got a, a longer time horizon to actually um, coming to stop working. It gives you a, a larger degree of um, outcome, so it gives you a more broad picture of what you really need to be doing to make sure, in a hundred percent terms, that you'll have enough money to to reach your goal. So I would say that the the good things about the software that we use are that we can input the the day-to-day -day things like employer schemes um, your earnings level bonuses what you have um, existing um, and also make some assumptions as to what you can and can't save um, part of the the benefit of that is you you almost get just a picture of the, the shortfall that you have if you have one or you get some clarity around actually what you're doing and the behaviors that you have now are going to get you to a a reasonable place and what, what can you do to then improve on that so i think having that clarity and, and going back to what you said earlier ben about most um pension providers just sending people an annual statement it, it doesn't mean a lot to to many people because it's just a few numbers printed on a page can, can often give you um, a bit of a dismal view of, of what you think all your hard work has amounted to um, Whereas actually, if you if you do input everything into some software that can give you a clear picture um, of what your retirement looks like, I, I think that can't be undervalued. It's 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 got so much weight behind it. Um, when you can see either a shortfall or a surplus, um, and and then do something about it. Yeah, definitely, I totally agree with Salam. It's that clarity play, isn't it? And one of the other um, softwares that we can utilize actually looks at. Um, how pensions or how your inv investments are invested and we can actually look at historic data to say you know how long would your funds last if it went through various different market market cycles so what I mean by that is you know we've had the financial crash of 2008 you know the dot-com bubble and these crashes you know it might not always be the same but you can guarantee within your 30 40 year retirement horizon that you're going to have different crashes alongside of that and I think it's so important to, you know, stress test your models to say, um, what's the possible worst outcome if you retired on this specific date based on markets and actually say, OK, if you can make your plan so that you've got enough assets behind you and it's stress tested to that, 
um, that worst case model, then you definitely know that you're going to have a really successful successful retirement regardless then with what happens in markets in the future. Yeah, exactly. And I think the habit of reminding yourself what the plan is and why that's so motivating is really important because if you're going to be investing money each month, um, obviously there's a sacrifice to invest in that money because you could be spending it on the here and now and, and actually enjoying that money today. But if you keep looking back at the plan and knowing that actually that's going to give you lots more freedom at a point in the future and able to do whatever you want and, and grow your wealth, then I think that can be a really um, great reminder of the importance of doing these things early. Um, when it comes moving on to um, retirement itself, because obviously there's some good and bad habits when you actually get to retirement. Um, and I'm keen to just touch on a few of these. Um, we always talk about this accumulation period when you're growing your money and investing in the lead up to retirement, which is actually relatively straightforward in that, as we said, start early, put money away and, and, and stick to a plan. But I wonder if you could touch um, on on the actual in retirement bit, Lydia, in terms of what good habits people can get into. Yeah, I think one of the most important thing is, you know, just hopefully your lifestyle doesn't just all of a sudden drastically change when you retire. I mean, you, it's all well and good putting a plan in place. But then if you start, you know, buying Ferraris every year, then, you know, that pot that you did actually have, you know, you're, you're going to run out of money quicker than expected. So I think, you know, make sure that you've put a plan in place to get to where you want to be by retirement, but then stick into the plan um, throughout retirement as well. So what we tend to do with our clients is, you know, find out exactly how much income that they want in retirement. We work backwards, get them to a point where, you know, they finally can have that income when they come to retire and then really stick into actually how much they draw on a monthly basis. And, you know, of course, there's going to be certain expenditures that you have in certain years. So, you know, normally in the first 10 years of retirement, you might want to do more trips away and you might want to go on, uh, you know, a three month holiday. So there is there is an aspect that, you know, you might want to draw a lump sum out at that point to pay for that holiday. But then it's really touching base back with the plan and saying, OK, you've used, you know, a lump sum now and we might just need to reduce the income to make sure it's still sustainable. So just constantly touching back in and reviewing actually how quickly you're drawing down your assets and just making sure you never um Oh, like withdrawing your assets too quickly. Yeah, and I think you mentioned something really important there, Lydia, with um, just mentioning the, the various market cycles we've been through historically, various market um, crashes, obviously, and, and and how people behave to those. I think reacting to, to market movements is a, a terrible habit to get into. So not only does it cause anxiety and take up your mental space worrying about whether you should be invested, shouldn't be invested. It's it's so rare that someone exits the market or, or moves into cash and does that with a um, re-entry point in mind. So essentially what they end up doing is chasing their tail. And at that point, by going into to cash, you're, you're effectively, if you're in retirement, you are just gambling with your life savings, everything you've done to work up to that point, you're then just taking a gamble, assuming or um, that markets will go down and you'll be able to buy back in at a better point. So I think that's a, a really terrible habit to, to get into if you've done all the planning to get to this place where you've got a sustainable income um, and investing has done you well so far, then as long as you've had various scenarios planned in, 
to make sure that you're okay and you're not drawing all of your funds in that one year, then you should absolutely stay invested. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we're, we're almost contradicting ourselves here in saying that you need to review your plan regularly. You need to sit down and work out what it's going to look like in the future and how much you're going to spend and you know how much you need to be putting away, all those things. But on the flip side, when it comes to your actual investments, there's so much data out there that says if you can leave them in the right sort of asset allocation and not tinker with them too much, it will actually lead to a much better result over the long term. So I think it's a balance between those two things because obviously Lydia mentioned someone who'd been in cash for, for 30 years, which obviously is not a great place to be. So it is really important to review it over time and it, it will probably need to change in line with your own situation. But definitely that too much tinkering can lead to some really nasty results. And, and we saw a lot of that during the pandemic, um, you know, clients getting in touch, potentially wanting to cash out of investments and, pleased to say that we managed to convince most of them not to. Um, the most dangerous saying, I, I, I love this quote uh, from John Templeton, the most dangerous saying in, in markets is, is this time it's different. And I think that's really true. So you can always look at any situation, whether it be the pandemic or the credit crisis in 2008 and, and think that actually the world's going to end and, and I need to get out of markets at that point. But um, as, we've, as we've always seen up until this point, markets tend to come back. Um, coming over to you, Lydia, I think we've talked about quite a lot and I'm, I'm keen to sort of summarise here. So as an advisor, can you give me a few things and tell me a little bit about your role um, with clients when it comes to habits and behaviours for retirement? Yeah, so I think one of the most important role is to almost be like an angel on someone's shoulder or depending on what, what way they view me, a, a devil. Um, and just making sure that, you know, if they've fallen off plan a little bit, you know, like I said, there's various different costs that come in any given year. And sometimes you do naturally just need to have a pause in that retirement plan. But it's just making sure that once you are reviewing with your clients and with with my clients specifically that, you know, I'm doing everything I can to even just get them back on track. And um, even if it's, again, just a little bit, you know, and then, you know, building up and increasing their contributions as they get older and, you know, their their income almost gets greater as well. And then, um, you know, definitely it's the ensuring they know exactly where all their different pots are. Um, so doing that, you know, the pension review for um, and investments reviews for clients and just making sure that it's invested in line with what their goals are, um, you know, on the lead up to retirement. And then I think really, you know, on the behavioural side, because this is what the podcast being about, is just being there when times are really tough. Sometimes, like you said, Ben, just a second ago, the worst part about it is that you can tinker on your own. And I think having an advisor there stops you from making them, you know, big movements in your investments and coming out into cash when you're most nervous. So actually just really being there to make sure, you know, you're sticking on track and you're sticking to the right behaviours, I think is really important. Yeah, and I think, again, it, it comes back to what, what the benefits are of all of these sorts of things, because I know we've talked a lot about benefits and, and or, or we've talked about behaviours and habits today, but it's really important to understand that if you do a lot of these things and you, you start early and you plan and, and you review things along the way, that the benefits for you are that you'll have greater clarity in your life. You'll you know be able to sleep at night because you, you know that there is a plan and that you, you're going to have a, 
enjoyable retirement in the future. You should have better growth because, you know, you're reviewing things and you're not tinkering if you've got someone like Lydia on your side and, and telling you that things are going to be okay at, at certain uh, points in time. So there's a lot of benefits that come to to every individual as to to instilling these great behaviours. Um, Salam, coming over to you, you know, some closing comments, um, a, a bit about how you would summarise what we talked about today. Yeah, so I think what's really interesting is I, I have clients at both ends, and I'm sure we all have clients at both ends of the spectrum. So those who are in accumulation uh, and those who are, are drawing an income from the assets that we've helped them to build. Um, and, and they have problems on either side. And I think a lot of what we do as financial planners is, is problem solving. Um, and what's really nice to see is when you have someone who is in retirement, who has a sustainable income, and your your conversations with them each year are centered around them wanting to spend money and you being able to tell them that they can and they should. And I think that that's really nice. And, and even though uh, there's probably a lot of people out there who are in a similar position and, and some people who aren't in a similar position who perhaps haven't um, planned as well. But to be that person, to be able to let people know that they can do that is, is a very powerful thing. And I think on the accumulation side, just from uh, a planning perspective, I'm, I'm very guilty myself of asking the question of, of when you want to retire off the bat. And I think what I've um, done and started to do with my clients is really take the time to, to think about how that question is asked and really when should be one of the the lesser points of that because ideally everyone would want to have the ability to retire today so it's, it's not about when you actually retire it's about having the ability to do so and i think that starts with trying to instill those, those good behaviors and you've got to start with the, the what what's the behavior you want to instill why why do you want to instill that behavior and why do you want to stop working? What do you want to do when you stop working? And then how? And I think we come in with the how. So how can you change your behaviors? How can you get to the the ideal situation? Um, and the when is really a result of the above and, and how much you're prepared to, to give to the planning. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds as though you're ready to retire from financial advice pretty soon then, Salam. If, if <laughs> I'd like to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the key word. <laughs> Having the choice, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, look, I mean, we, we could have gone on for hours on this sort of stuff, but I think that's that's a good, um, good amount of information today. Um, so in summary, again, as with a lot of these things, it's about putting these things in the diary. It's about getting the processes right. So when are you going to be reviewing your your planning each year? So are you sitting down with an advisor? And, and if so, get that meeting in the diary and make sure it happens every year. Um, when you leave a job, you know, make sure you monitor what, what's happened and make sure you have a meeting with an advisor at that point because you might need to do something with your old pension. Um, and don't make any snap decisions, I think, was was one of the other big ones that came out of today. So if, you, if you're thinking about doing something, just make sure you review it before you actually go ahead and pull the trigger because, again, making these decisions where markets are volatile can lead to some really bad outcomes. And finally, just reviewing that plan along the way and sticking to a target that you have in mind. Uh, it can be very empowering to have that and it can really help you see the future and leave you with greater peace of mind and the ability to sleep at night. So thanks, Lydia and Salam. Great to have you here today. Um, thanks for the insights and please stay tuned for more of these podcasts in the coming weeks.